Hollis are proud partners of the Social Impact Award at this year's EG Awards. We're international, independent real estate consultants with an altogether different approach. Discover more at hollisglobal.com. Welcome to the latest EG Like Sunday Morning, in which I am joined by the powerhouse pairing of editor Sam McClary and news editor Pui Guan Man. Great to have you both. Great to be here. Uh, and, and Sam, it's been a little bit of a while uh, since uh, a slot opened up in your schedule to join us on EGLSM. How, how have you been in the last I've few weeks a- and months? I've been okay. well. I've been quite angry with you, Jess, which is why I haven't been attending. <laughs> I've done it on on purpose. So um, yeah, no, I'm I'm all right. I've had a had a few things to to keep me keep me busy and sadly away from this this podcast. You have but, uh... you have both plates to spin and balls to juggle. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is quite a task. Uh, it's, a, it's a hell of an act, though. So anyone anyone who ever gets uh, a chance <laughs> to buy a ticket, uh, well worth well worth watching. Sam, do exactly that. Um, now. I know that you are itching, uh, as always, in any occasion to talk about future leaders, uh, Sam, but uh, perhaps let's first uh, discuss some high profile current leadership, uh, shall we say, at the RICS, uh, which is a a well ventilated topic here on EGLSM. Um, Thanks uh, to our in-house expert, Pui. Uh, And Pui, over the last few weeks, you've been sort of uh, tirelessly working on a project, which I think we all know is a, is, is a huge step towards uh, what we uh, are confident will ultimately be your definitive book on the RICS <laughs> crisis. Uh, and, and you've been conducting an extensive survey of our readership uh, to find out what people want uh, from the organisation in uh, the future. So tell us a bit about how you went about that and uh, what form the survey took, and then we can maybe dig into some of those results. Yeah, so so I mean, in in, in recent weeks, it felt like member views had flipped uh, somewhat after the, um, the mass resignation of its standards and regulation board in June, and some senior members expressed their concerns, both um, openly and um, more privately, um, about the significance of the RICS not being able to avoid uh, another issue like that to unfold um, post-Bishard uh, review. So we wanted to kind of uh, get a sense check of how members were feeling and, and ran our own survey just to kind of get an idea of, of how um, how people are feeling about it all, for, for which we got 318 responses, which I'm, I'm pretty chuffed with. Um, and the results showed that more than three quarters of members uh, didn't have confidence in the current makeup of governing council uh, and w- wanted uh, elections to be rerun. Um, members were a bit more divided on the topic of, of self-regulation and there was a relatively slim majority that was in favour of uh, government intervention. Um, and it, quite a lot had said uh, that the, the resignations in June had changed their views of how much progress the RICS is actually making post Bishard review. Um, but after the survey closed, I met uh, with the new leadership team last week. So that's um, RICS chair Martin Samworth, uh, chief executive Justin Young and interim SRB chair Nigel Clark, with the latter two um, only been in the in the role for sort of two or three months now. Um, but but I met with them for the first time to learn 
more about how the turnaround is progressing and what their views were when, were on all of those findings and to draw a line under some of the issues they've been facing um, in terms of, of uh, the pressure they've been facing recently to, to answer some questions um, on on that uh, governance uh, issue that that took place in recent months. Um, yeah, you've, pre- you've preempted say, my next. You've preempted my next oh, question. <laughs> that, but then that's good. So, were you able were you able to sort of put some of the survey findings to them? Yeah. So you know what, I went in prepared for kind of the possibility that the RICS might resist to opening up about some things but actually what I found was the team and I have to say Martin Samworth in particular was you know was really frank about some things and and quite receptive on the whole to some of the findings in the survey and they did display a real keenness to being open and and engaged with members about what it's doing and they did set out their views as well and why they thought ultimately the state's Status quo, status quo, um, is still the best way to go uh, when it comes to uh, self-regulation and governance structures and, and other key aspects. Um, so yeah, that was that was actually quite um, quite a, a nice thing to to, to be uh, facing. Um, I think my my two cents is they I think they need to get a bit better at engaging and communicating with members. So, um, you know, Justin Young said that in his hundreds of meetings with members, the topics don't really feature on the radar at all. So the fact that some of the teams expressed surprise at some of our survey findings maybe indicated that he still has a few hundred more of those meetings to do to get the full breadth of what members think. you know, especially if, if the RICS wants to be member led, uh, like it says, um, otherwise it, it might end up creating the unfortunate perception that it's listening to only the members it wants to listen to, but I'm sure that isn't the case. Um, But you know, they have openly admitted to needing to work on the communication side of things and to better convey to members why they hold some of the views they hold. So, you know, I think it's all in all, that's a, it's a pretty good start. Yeah. So potentially a happy ending for Pui's book. Uh, Sam, uh, to bring you in. Uh, at this point, you know, what are your what are your impressions of of those survey findings, and and uh, what what lies ahead for the RACS? Well, I, I mean, everyone should read both the survey and the very excellent interview that that um, Pui has Pui has done, and, and make their own judgments, of of course. But I think one of the things that um, I think comes out really clearly in both the interview. And in the survey results is that there is a huge amount of passion for the RICS. Some of some of that is passion for it to change um, beyond rec- recognition. Some of that is passion to give it the time to go through that change. Some want it, um, yeah, sort of ripped up. Some want to put uh, the sort of their heart and soul back into it. But there is there's a huge desire to do something, and I think that comes from the members that have interacted with um, our survey and from um, the the leadership there. I think um, um, through Pui's interviews, you really get get that. And I, and I know, um, you know, I've talked to Martin Samworth quite a lot myself and you you do get from him that he, he is really dedicated um, to, to fixing, I guess, um, uh, the institution and bringing it back into um, what it what it should be and um, he is a sort of quiet ninja I think with things like that isn't isn't he in the um, he's he's and I guess Justin the same they're turnaround specialists aren't, aren't they and uh, 
Um, we'll we'll see if they've got the um, what's the word I'm looking for endurance. I suppose that a turnaround like this really really requires. Um, but I think there's also a bit of a impetus on anyone who is passionate about the ricks to to try and support them a little bit you know turnarounds are really really difficult and if you do care whether that's wanting to see change or um wanting what's going on now to con- continue like help lean in talk to justin talk to martin talk to to nigel talk to any anyone and, and get your views heard if you if you really do want to see see change and we, uh, after this remarkable double whammy uh, this week, uh, I'm sure you won't be uh, sitting back in your armchair with your feet up and relaxing. I'm sure you'll be following this uh, and, uh, you know, looking to, 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 to even sort of hold them to account almost or to, 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 to keep track of uh, what their response, ongoing response is to, to what the membership wants. Absolutely. I think, you know, I think one of the main takeaways is, um, you know, as Sam sort of alluded to earlier, I mean, the survey shows hundreds of members voicing their desire for the RICS uh, to to demonstrate that it is open to hearing their views, that open to learning and open to making meaningful changes, um, you know, and I think this is, it's underpinned still by what I see is quite a fundamental disconnect um, between the RICS and its numerous, uh, numerous members. members which um you know recent events appear to have have worsened and and there are low levels of trust and confidence still in the makeup of its uh, top governing body but you know i get the, the sense that the rics is really striving to to bridge this gap um and and you know just another point that i, I i'd like to sort of flag as well is is just on on the letter um which has been um part of the kind of pressure the subsequent uh, pressure from senior RICS members to to be more um, uh, transparent. I mean, I would I would think the RICS hopefully realizes that there are more than a few senior and influential members who are on kind of hyper alert after the events of of recent years and, and just really keen to avoid similar events from from occur- on occurring. Um, and, and you know, and while it has taken them three or four, it, you know, I mean, yeah, sorry, there's a bit of uh, rambling from me going on here. Maybe um, it it did take them sort of three or four months to respond to to that pressure and it does have a perfectly acceptable explanation for it and and while I understand that it kind of stems from a place of not wanting to publicly discuss um, personal HR matters and showing a duty of care to each individual in question it does have that unfortunate effect of letting that pressure from members build up and making them look much more reactive than proactive you know it feels like a situation that just to to me anyways as a casual observer um it feels a bit like a situation that could have been entirely avoided and my two cents is that that you know it might have the unfortunate effect of chipping away even more at, at member trust rather than building it but you know the team has been clear uh, you know like in the interview that we had last week they were clear that they're not perfect and that they're learning as they go so you know maybe members can be encouraged that it's it's one more thing that that they'll take on board and so i think Fundamentally, the main takeaway is that I think this is still a team that is still uh, it's been in place for under a year. You know, haven't even done a full year in their roles yet. So um, maybe, uh, as Sam says, a bit of patience (laughs) on on all fronts uh, is is required um, on uh, issues like this. 
Well, yeah, I think you may have gone a, a teeny bit further than casual observer at this point. Maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> casual obsessive. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I rather rudely in the leader this week said that Pui was so expert on the RICS that she was now everyone's least favourite dinner guest, <laughs> um, which is a bit cruel, but I thought it was funny. And she let me go away with it. So uh... what's going on? What is going on with Sam? She, she's angry at me. She's insulting you. It's it's terrible. Or, it's it's her, a new, it's you know a what new this me. Is? This is horrendous leadership, Sam. You know what you should do? You should you should go to the only future there leaders was a program. Summit. Yeah, that I could go on. <laughs> if only to learn to learn how to be an inspiring and uh, yeah supportive leader, Sam. Yeah. Uh, which of course you are in in real life, but um, yes, future leaders. You you're, you're, you mentioned your leader, Sam, and, and you neatly, uh, as always, uh, Sieg between uh, the RICS and future leaders there. Um, and uh, we know it's an initiative that is very close to your heart. Um, and uh, uh, this week we have extensive uh, coverage with some brilliant photos uh, from our recent future leaders summit, uh, which I had the great pleasure of attending. Um, from the authenticity gap uh, to how to understand Gen Z, it was it was filled with fantastic insights, wasn't it, Sam? It was, as usual, amazing and such a such a day of ins- inspiration. And I think it does, like the. Um, I'm really happy actually that this week we so the magazine was full of RICS and Future Leaders because I do think the two actually go really really well to together. There is you know. We need a functional RICS for these amazing future leaders that that we ha- have. This is a this is real estate. I know we're we're on the fringes as the journalists, but real estate is and should be a casual fun- observers. Sam, casual observers. Cas- cas- we're casual observers um, who write things down from time to time. But it's an industry that should and could be the most phenomenal um, sector to to work in. You know the things you can do with um, spaces and, and places, um, the emotions you can create, the safe safe places you can build, all of those things. It should be, everyone should be trying to some somewhere get into this industry and we need a really good RICS to, to do that. Um, so yeah, I was really happy we've got both. But yeah, as, as usual, Future Leaders is such a wonderful day of inspiration and just being blown away by the talent that there is hidden in this in this industry and so we had nine uh, phenomenal speakers this year um, on a range of topics it's always a range of topics but somehow they sort of interweave um, with each other and um, people can watch them all um, for free um, freely accessible on um, on EGI and on the um, EGU events website I'm sure we'll put a link to all of the videos in the in the show notes won't we Jeff but um yeah um I can run through each of them if yeah, you'd I was, like I was to. going to ask what some of the main lessons or, or gifts that you took away uh, from this year's talk Sam I mean mainly uh, I very much enjoyed your little cartoon that you drew which I think was <laughs> was awesome um which people should uh, pick up the mag to have a look at um and uh, so one of the things people who weren't there we always at the summits get the audience involved in in the day as well this isn't just a, a watch and watch and listen this is a learn and do and so we had um 
we asked people to be a bit creative and try and write down and draw things that in, inspired them. And there's a, a great uh, wall of all of these um, doodles and uh, little takeaways um, that, again, we'll put a link to in the in the show notes. You can have a look, look in there. Um, but we started the day um, with a man who has the most amazing smile uh, and soul, I think, to to go with it in um, Nabil Al-Hassan um, from Asta Group, who um, who gave us a talk on um, on social housing, you know, met, picked us up on the misconceptions that we have about social housing and and really turned the whole audience, actually, I think, um, to the idea that actually we need to be a little bit tenure blind. And when we're building, we need to build places where people can live. It's not about build to rent. It's not about um, uh, the any, you know, the different tenures. It's about building places that are safe, have community and um, really add value to to. To places and social housing can absolutely do that. He gave some really great little tips and insights into his own experience growing up uh, in on a social housing development. Um, we then turned to Bissy Brown from uh, Real Estate Balance, who um, talked about the authenticity gap that you mentioned, um, Jess, and uh, and how we in this industry may well be getting all right at inviting people to the dance. Um, as, as she called it, but we're really bad at inviting people to dance. Um, I am quite happy about that, if I'm honest, because I'm not much of a dancer. Um, <laughs> but I get the concept. <laughs> and you're on mute, Jess, but it doesn't matter because I'm still talking and we'll let you off. It's only been however many years of doing these podcasts. <laughs> it, it'll, it'll still happen from time to time. You know? It will still happen. Uh, um, but I was she just panicked she, by the thought of dancing. Yes, aren't we? Aren't we all? Um, but she was so brilliant, and I think again, just everyone sort of lent in and thought, "Oh my God, we do still pretend to be someone else quite often at at work." And there was a great moment where she talked about one of her inspirations, um, and uh, and without naming names. Uh, talked uh, about this person and I think anyone who watches um, her talk and has worked in this industry for any amount of time will know exactly who she's talking to I'm not gonna I'm talking about I'm not going to give it away here um, and then we seamlessly um, shifted into Alex Murtha from Clyde and Co's talk where she showed us a quite pretty picture actually didn't she have a, a little place in Essex right on the mm-hmm. right on the um, seafront uh, a place called Jaywick, which from a distance looks quite nice. And then you zoom in a little bit and this is this place is the most um, uh, uh, de- deprived place in the whole of whole of England. There is um, very little there, very little op- opportunity. And she used that as a as an example of how rubbish this industry is actually at um, really tackling social mobility but also sort of opened our eyes to the to the opportunity that we have as the real estate industry to go deeper into these these areas we just have to work a bit harder um look a bit further and do a bit do a bit more um and then came 
um, the person that I was most terrified of um, by the end of the day, the 19-year-old Lucia Sanderson mm. from CBRE, who was not terrifying in that she's a terrifying person, but here was a 19-year-old apprentice from CBRE, already been working two years, who was so put together, mm-hmm. so absolutely smashed it, yeah. so amazing up on up on stage that, um, yeah, it was like, oh my, I couldn't, I can't imagine being that person at, at 19. I would have been an absolute mess. And she was um, talking about her generation, Gen Z, and actually how we need to learn how to talk understand that generation she was offering to be our translator and she did phenomenally well uh, at that such a such a great great speech um one that terrified but also excited a lot of people in the room i think for the future that the industry has um another young phenomenal exciting um future leader was georgie manley from from lansec who wanted us to um, unlock our creativity um, and she um, set the stage alight not literally um, uh, <laughs> I'm sure that'll but, happen, at, that'll happen at a future event it, it it was, it was, yeah, pyrotechnics <laughs> are coming coming up but again just um, a different view of what real estate can can do and the the problems that we can solve by just looking at things in different different ways not putting ourselves in in a box and breaking breaking the rules from from time to time um and uh then we had ellie orford from nuveen uh who uh took inspiration from manreet um rantawa um from the original future female leaders as it was called then and gave us some some really uh useful advice on what to do with our money and that we should probably very, very frightening advice Yes. In that we should we should have started 10 years ago. We should have started uh, 10 years ago. And if we fail if, to do that, then we should start today. Yeah. And if I don't know about you, do Sam, that, but I was left I was left hoping that maybe Lego counts as investment. I, I don't know about I you. I think I think so. <laughs> I think so. Darren, my husband, has a bunch of Star Wars figures up in the loft as well. So I'm hoping oh, okay. that. Yeah. Um but yeah, she it was frightening in that she said if you haven't started investing, then get ready to live on ten thousand pounds a year. Um, which I know there are some people actually in the world who are having to live on on that, mm-hmm. and that is terrifying um, because that is not enough money to to live. Um, so she gave some sound ad- advice, so definitely check that out. And then um, uh, we had Georgie Roberts from from Night Frank who told a really unfunny joke um, in her Future Leaders uh, speech, but had a um, uh, there was a really, really important reason that it was unfunny, uh, and I encourage everyone to go and listen to to her talk, watch her talk, because it was about our unconscious bias and the the impact that that really does have. And we've all got it, and it's up to us to point it out in other people and try and make sure that we see it in our ourselves. Um, and then linked to that, I suppose, um, we had JLL's uh, Adnan Anwar who talked about labels. And actually, how destructive labels can can be, um, and how we need to be much better at creating spaces and places and atmospheres for for all. And he 
he used um, the very great example of the humble office chair. And it doesn't matter if you're a short person or a tall person. Um, if you have a chair that goes up and down, you can sit at your desk reasonably comfortably. Maybe not in the EG office, but uh, but in most offices, you can sit in your chair reasonably comfortably. And he was talking around neurodiversity and actually how we shouldn't be labelling, but we should be creating spaces that enable people to be people. And then finally, the last session of the, the day, and I think it was so perfect to be the last talk. We had so some Lee from SQW and she asked us um, how we were. How are you is what she said. And such a simple question, but one that pretty much all of us lie about either when we're asking the question we don't really care how someone is we just say it um and certainly when we answer it we ordinarily say yeah yeah fine and oftentimes we're we're not and she spoke about some of her own experiences around that and just reminded us um that it really is okay to sometimes not be okay and when you do ask that question mean it when you do answer that question tell the truth uh, and it was it was so simple, but so, so, so powerful. Um, so quite an emotional day. One of my favourites, um, but also the one that absolutely knackers me out. I'm sure not <laughs> as much as the future leaders um, uh, who've been through such a rigorous um, training programme to get get there. But it's the emotions are up and down and all over the place. So, yeah, it's a it's a phenomenal day um, for everyone involved. Cool. And our listeners can can go and check out those inspirational videos now. And I, I got a sense in the room, um, Sam, that, that for some of the younger attendees, there was an awful lot of interest and, and sort of ears sort of perking up as the, the, wondering how they can potentially get involved uh, in future years. So I'm, I'm sure the, the the initial planning is already underway, but, but that will sort of kick into high gear in a little while. But where should people pay attention to and what should they be thinking about ahead of uh, the future future leaders. Then. Mm -hmm. So definitely keep uh, keep up to date with us on on LinkedIn. Um, follow um, any one of um, the EG team on there. Just look for the EG um, LinkedIn website as well. Website page. I'm showing that I'm not Gen Z. Uh, and uh, and our events website. If anyone is interested in taking part in future leaders, um, then just drop me an email. I will always happily respond. Every year we have the ability to to bring some people onto the program that might not might not have the opportunity. It's, um, it is a program that ha comes with a cost, um, uh, but we because we have such great partners, which I should thank actually because they are awesome. So that was Clyde and Co, CBRE, Lansec, Nuveen, Knight Frank, and JLL who help us put on this program, and through them helping partnering with us we can always gift a couple of places which I think is so so important so just reach out to any of us at EG and we will tell you how to get involved next year and beyond and in addition to LinkedIn and all the usual places as of Friday uh, people can even follow us Gen Z Sam can even follow us on TikTok on the TikTok on the TikTok uh, yeah. EG props I believe we are on TikTok yeah can you so, tell that someone who isn't Gen Z came up with that name? I, I mean, thinking that it was kind of cool. <laughs> um, possibly, 
but you yeah. know I'm sure a lot of a lot of a lot of planning went into it yeah yeah eg props uh, EG followers Pro- do you follow on t- tiktok uh what do you do uh I don't know I don't know Blank I think faces. you follow yeah I guess so follow Green, do follow you know follow what, hasn't fallen what out what channel are you yet, a millennial <laughs> yeah firmly in the millennial bracket <laughs> yeah uh oh uh, well uh yeah next so do will that. be on snapchat we won't but um because i don't think that's right but the tiktok we are there good all right uh, uh enjoy that all you tiktokers out there uh, and but do uh, check out those videos and uh read uh please extensive ex- excellent coverage of the rscs this week uh, so that's your homework uh, sorted for the rest of sunday um thank you Pui and sam as always uh it's been a delight to talk to you about these things uh, and we will be back who knows who with uh, with another episode of EG Like Sunday Morning next week. Easton Commercial Interiors, creating inspiring workspaces for businesses across the UK. A proud partner of the Best Workspace Award at this year's EG Awards. Visit egi.co.uk for more information.